Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are live. Matt Candela, how you doing? You're looking, in good, you're looking in good shape considering you uh, spent the last three days ripping it up with, uh, with the Arsenal, with the Arsenal Ultras. Yeah, been on an Arsenal bender for, for a couple of days. Were you what? in that fight in the MetLife, Matt? Were you there? <laughs> was that you? Were you throwing haymakers? I wasn't. I saw it. I was, it's embarrassing, isn't it? Jeez. Imagine. I mean, imagine, imagine that on a, on a pre-season tour, getting in a row. With each other? I, yeah, it, it was a funny atmosphere. We'll, we'll get into it, but um, it wasn't. I'll be honest; it wasn't wasn't a memorable great day, um, as as often a preseason game can be. It's often many many Arsenal uh, expeditions are. It was it was sort of a, a funny day on a number of levels, but absolutely no excuse for fighting. I mean, not amongst yourselves. I always just think you wake up um, Sunday morning and you're like, oh my god, everyone in my office. Is going to see me getting slapped about a, a family-friendly exhibition match for Arsenal. How embarrassing! I might get fired. Awful. I mean, you really see it. I think you know that would happen, however many years ago, um, and no one would be any the wiser. But now, you know, you had every view you wanted. You basically had fan cam on it. You had about twenty-five <laughs> people videoing it. People Those phones come out so quick these days. They do. They do, and the quality is so high. Uh, it's not like some sort of blurry photo where you can't make up someone's face and you've only got the back of someone's head. This was crystal clear HD uh, embarrassment. Yeah, sometimes I want to have a Karen moment in a Costco car park and I'm just like, ah, oh, it's not worth being on the internet. It's I'd not. Let, let him leave his trolley there. It's not It's not worth it, Pete. Uh, well, I sat and watched it from home. Looked like, uh, looked like a fun day out, but it wasn't a fun day out because Arsenal lost, didn't put in a performance, um, me and Johnny did a live on the whistle yesterday, but listen, there was there were many stones to be unturned, and we didn't unturn them all, which is why we've got you back because you were in there feeling the atmosphere out. So we're going to have a different type of podcast today, but this is going out Monday morning. So if you're on your journey to work, thank you for tuning in to us. But remember, before we get into this, we have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal Opinion. It's three pound fifty a month. 
We put extra content on there a week. You get all of the stuff without the adverts. Uh, and it's just a great way of supporting the podcast. Just £3.50 a month. Come on, sign up, be a member. Um, but enough of that, enough of that. I've turned the loop off because I did a practice before. So this should be absolutely fine. Mirror lane, mirror lane. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror lane. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. It's Monday morning, you're on your way to work, you're having a great time, you're eating a chocolate bar, but Matt isn't. He's prepped, he's ready to go. He's just come back from two nights out on the Raz with the Arsenal fan base. Matt, it's great to have you on board. You don't look very hungover, but I'm sure that you've been drinking a lot of beer. How's it been going? Oh, it's 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 been wonderful, I have to say. Friday night, uh, Arsenal NYC, uh, Put on a massive party, massive party, massive shout out to Curtis Powers. Kurt, Curtis Powers, and I mean, it was incredible. It wasn't it, the way people talked about it. It was like it was going to be a load of Arsenal fans in a crammed in a pub. It was like fan zone. It was they took over the centre of town. There were twelve hundred and fifty gooners. Felt like everyone you saw was wearing an Arsenal shirt. Everyone was in fine voice. Everyone was positive, optimistic. Honestly, I've never seen such a rich tapestry of Arsenal shirts from the past 25 years. The clobber was on point. Everyone looked super drippy. Uh, the drinks were flowing. Uh, it was just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant Friday night. Uh, had some great conversations, met other people in the blogosphere, uh, and had some very amusing conversations with the likes of Stuart McFarlane and uh, the photographer and various people around the club and it was it was just 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 a brilliant brilliant start to the weekend and then onto the MetLife yesterday which 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 wasn't as good for a number of reasons um some of which were on the pitch related some were just like the way the way the day was was sort of set up and we can we can get into that but um we'll dig into it obviously it's a pre-season game obviously the result doesn't matter obviously you can't read too much into it but I do often go with my gut and a mm, few worrying signs, few worrying things to dig into. Um, Matt, with regards to the people that were in attendance uh, at the at the party, was it was it young and old? Was it young and middle old. age? Was it was it a little bit of everything? It was young and old and everything in between. There were people who bought kids. Uh, there were people drinking about 25 pints of lager. Uh, it was just, 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 just far and wide, just a celebration of being a gooner. And it was just, um, just great to watch the club were there, did activation stuff. Ray Paula was there. Lauren was there. Um, it, it, it was just way bigger, uh, and way more brilliant than, uh, than you, than you could expect. And I think, um, being in the US, you know, you often feel on the outside of the action. It's been really, really fun, I think, for a lot of people to feel at the centre of at the centre of the action. Um, so, yeah, big, big, big hats off to everyone involved. I was doing a bit of, uh, a bit, you know, obviously, younger fans is, uh, you know, on the agenda with sports clubs all around the world. I read this, uh, Gen-, Gen Z, I read five years ago, weren't interested in sport, especially live sport events. And I've read that over the last three years, uh, Gen Z, 30% of Gen Z, as uh, and this is from Deloitte, have put their hands up as saying they're more into live sport 
and the community that it creates than ever before. And I, I thought that that was interesting. I wonder whether that was like a post-pandemic being locked down, you know, being locked down because you've chosen to lock yourself down and you just love being on your screen is one thing. Being locked down during a pandemic is a total different thing. I wonder whether even young people are like, I've got to find something to attach myself to that feels like it's got community. Arsenal certainly feels like it's got community, but I'm glad to hear that uh, young people are coming to the table with live sport and the, we're not going to uh, get into a situation I, I, I agree with that. I think there was there's some things that America does really, really well with live sport. Um, and I think they create a real sense of a party. Um, like it, there's a, it's like, it feels like a show. The music's that little bit louder. People are in their seats a little bit earlier. There's more focus on like great food and 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 the atmosphere is sort of built up to more of a boiling point in a way that it's not in 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 the Emirates or in the Premier League in that same way. But then I feel like it goes off the boil because of um, there's much less focus on the partisan nature of sport. And I bought tickets in the Arsenal end, and was I mean I couldn't believe it when. In walks a Spurs fan and sits next to me in a Spurs shirt yesterday. Um, and call me old fashioned, but I literally just wanted to tell him to fuck off. I was like, I don't, I just don't want to sit next to a Spurs fan. And then had bought tickets in the Arsenal end, in row in front of me, a guy in a Man City shirt. And then I was, and then it was, it was a, it ended up being a really, really mixed area with a lot of Man United fans. I actually forgot how I really, really dislike Man United. It's been quite a while because they haven't really been rivals, but I don't like being in a mixed fan environment. I want to be surrounded by wall-to-wall Arsenal fans singing Arsenal songs. I don't want someone sort of cheering a Man United goal sitting in front of me. And it really, really, really ruined the experience for me. Um, and I had a lot of North American fans saying, oh, I think it's actually better like that. It's not. It's good enough to take it uh, so seriously. No, 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 no. I don't have a single friend who's a Spurs fan for a reason. I don't think I've got a single friend who's a Man United fan for a reason. I want it to be as partisan as possible. And I think what people don't understand is the reason there were 82,000 people in the and it was the biggest ever... Uh, football crowd in, in in New York for any any type of game was because people are so partisan about their club and I think um, I mean there's not a lot you can do I know it's a preseason friendly and I probably sound like very out of touch to some people but yeah I, I don't I didn't I didn't like it listen it's not like we both live here it's not like Part, there's a partisan nature to America they're divided on, on everything yeah what cookie you eat what type of barbecue you enjoy? Like they'll, they'll have a ruck over anything in America. Then when it comes to sports games, but I, really, I, I remember going yeah. to a Brooklyn Nets game once, and I had um, a, a, a woman sitting two seats down from me. Just I think it was Miami, and she was just y- yelling at Miami really obnoxiously. And I said, "How you know? What, what, when's this going to get uh, addressed?" And they were like, "It's not going to get addressed." I was like, "Oh, in, in England?" He's like, "We're not in England. We're not barbaric." Like England, I was like, "Oh, okay, all right." I didn't, but I, it, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Like, why, why, why would you want to turn up to an Arsenal game as a Spurs fan in a Spurs shirt? I, it just, he might not no... have even, it might not have even been an edge lord thing. He might just have thought this is normal. 
I think that's what it was. But I, I literally, it made me, it made me like turn into a degenerate and just want to like. You'd be scared for your one, life. Stick one England. on it. Yeah. Oh, can you believe it? When it happens in England, and uh, you know, you get the tourists from countries where people don't know and they're not trying to be disruptive. Stewards won't let them in. Or they'll say, listen, you, you go and sit in the stands, not even in like the hardcore, just go and sit in the stands. Someone might throw a hamburger at you. So just be prepared. Don't don't wear your shirt in here. It's dangerous. Um, I don't like mixed zones. And I you like can be and you can be partisan and not, you know, not not getting a fight with someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you can sing the Arsenal songs, you can celebrate, you can sing at the United fans, you can take the piss, you can do all those things without it going over the line. So I also think, I just think that's what the success of the Premier League has been built on. It's the fact that it is so passionate. And then so to then recreate it somewhere else, but think you can take away that key ingredient is uh, sort, of, sort of weird for me. But I mean, that's 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 what it's like here. All right, well, let's get into the hottest of takes and then we're going to go back to a little bit of the MetLife and focus a little bit more on the football. Um, you know, there's a special moment. I'm going to mix it up. We're going to you today for the hottest of takes. Make it spicy, my friend. Yeah, um, I didn't like what I saw. Um, I know everyone's talking about pre-season. I know you can't read too much into it, but... Um, for me, there was some complacency and a couple of people disagreed with me online when I used that word and said, no, it's the system or it's the team or it's the players. Basic necessity of football is win your jewels. I don't think we won a jewel in the, in, in, in most of the first half. And I feel like we only woke up when Lisandro Martinez went in on uh, on Saka and Erdegaard and got booked and it sort of woke everyone up. It was like, actually, these guys aren't treating it like a preseason friendly. These guys are taking it really, really seriously. And it makes you realise that we're going to have a target on our back after our brilliant season last year. And I was sort of surprised because I thought we played a strong team um, and we did to Chelsea and other teams in preseason what Man United did to us a standard for aggression, for performance, to treat it with a bit more seriousness. And I just I just didn't see that yesterday. And I think, it, not for all of the game, I thought we were good for the first 20, conceded, conceded and then just lost our minds for the rest of the first half until Lisandro Martinez and the second half was just too late. But there aren't many times in the last 18 months where you can talk about complacency in any shape or form. We've been really, really good. I mean, it, the only real times it sort of crept in at the end of the season, that Forest game I didn't like, that Forest away, um, that felt very complacent to me. Um, maybe a bit of the, that second half against Brighton uh, at the end of the season. But other than that, in the league, there really wasn't a single... A single I thought midfield, very disjointed. I thought attack, toothless, absolutely toothless, until Gabby Jesus came on. Uh, Eddie's had a lot of minutes and done absolutely bugger all, really. Um, so, well, Eddie got into a, a lot of good positions. I mean, he looked very powerful and fast. Um, you know, obviously he didn't hit the target. I mean, we can talk about that later, but um, I just I, don't think I he ever. Like, he's had three basic. He's, he's been given. This, I mean, he's looked like the guy who's going to be starting. Uh, I know he's not, but I mean, just the minutes that he's got. He started every game. He's been given all the minutes and. 
you know, I don't think he's had a decent shot and goal. Um, so yeah, there's some, there's some concerns there. Don't want to don't want to over egg it. Um, I also just like I thought we we're gonna gonna build on last season, and it feels like we're trying something new. And it was like I think they just we might just need to look at that strategy because um, I was out there and I was watching Declan Rice, big Declan Rice fan, big fan of this transfer, really really excited, but. You forget how good Thomas Party was for eighty percent of last season. I didn't. Well, you and Johnny people, did. You're like, get rid of him. People have people have forgotten because and Granny Jacker. Let's be clear. Well, because I thought when Thomas Party came on, United were diff- we we were a different team. When Thomas Party came on, um, very much more solid. So, yeah, I mean, that my heart is to take is there's a lot of work to be done in preseason, um, and I think it suddenly just brings quite. The Barcelona game now looks like it might be a bit of a dead rubber because they've been sick. But then we've got the Monaco game. But that City game, that community shield game, I don't mean I don't want to over-egg it, but pretty important to put in a good performance. We don't have to win it, yeah. just to put a good performance in so we go into the season feeling good. Because you don't want to go into the beginning of the season going, oh, they yeah. lost They lost twice in pre-season to the two decent teams they played from the Premier League. That would be psychologically not good. So, um, yeah, that's my hottest to take. Lovely. My hottest to takes is, I can't even remember what my mum was yesterday, so i just got to make sure I'm not doubling down on it. I, I don't think Arsenal, uh, I don't think Mikel Arteta thinks that he's challenging for the title properly this season. I don't, I don't want to say that we're in a transition season, um, but I think we are in a, a season of stasis. Um, I think the the plan is to rip out the spine of the squad and and de-age it this season with the hope that Pep Guardiola will leave next summer and Manchester United will uh, Manchester City will fall. I think some of the comments in the pe- press conference about you know it taking a while to to get your bearings in this team sort of lead me to believe that Arteta knows there is going to be a, a bit of a rocky path this season. And getting to 95 points is probably a bit of an impossibility. I felt that he was laying the groundwork a little bit there, and I think the only the only way that I can um, com- compute it because I, I don't want to keep on being in these sort of like mini transitions as an Arsenal fan is that Arsenal Arsenal don't want to Arsenal don't want to win the league once; they want to dominate and win it three times over five years. And I think that that's why they've gone so hard at the rebuild now because. They want to be ready when Manchester City fall and ripping out your entire midfield and trying something new is part of a transition to being dominant champions. So my hottest of takes is Arteta knows that it's going to be a bit of a rocky road ahead. And the job this season is to finish strongly in the Champions League and to finish firmly in the top four um, as a platform for a strong title challenge next year. Your face is slightly scrunched. I'm assuming that you're very unhappy with that comment, I'll uh, return the floor to you, Matt. Do you have comment on my hottest of takes? I mean, I mean, that's totally unacceptable. <laughs> Don't you think? Yes. Don't you think it's totally unacceptable? I mean, it's just it's nonsense. Like I can I can understand that 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 might be his point of view, but oh, we don't want to win the league this season because we want to win it three times the next decade. No, 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 no. We have put ourselves in a great place. We've got an incredible platform to build on. And if we've gone and galaxy-brained it and trying to do something too clever for our own good, 
that is just pure stupidity. There is absolutely no room for a transition. We've, for me, it's Granit Xhaka's gone. And, I mean, if Declan Rice can't play number eight, then, you know, Declan Rice and Kai Havertz and Thomas Partey share, share those minutes in some way and build on what we did last season, um, then, then we've, we've all lost our mind. You know, we're all we're all too clever by far because this doesn't need to be a transition season. In fact, I think it has it to be can't... a transition season. Oh God, we've stop, stop. We've got to stop talking about transition season. We blew the league. No, we blew I, it. I, 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 actually, let's let's change that language right now. <laughs> I think it's it's a, it's a growth season. I think look look at look at the clues. You've got Mikel Arteta saying that you know the midfield would be all right after fifty five games. I, I, that you, that for me was was a big red flag. Yeah. Then you've got Gabby. Did you read Martinelli's interview last week where he said, we know that it's going to be really hard in the Champions League and we have to prepare for the worst, i.e. getting spanked by world-class teams. I, I think that this is a season for growth. Like getting back into the Champions League is going to be difficult. It's going to be three games a week and we've had the cushion of even not having Europe or not having to play our top players in Europe. We've got right, right, I'm going to ask you a question. Would you be happy with fourth and quarterfinals of the Champions League? No, no I would. Because that's what. I, that's I, what want, I, want, I want second. I don't want to be giving up that second. second. You, you want, that's your goal for the season is second. Second, uh, second and quarterfinals in the Champions League. I think that's a failure. What, you, th- you think that we can win the cha- You think we can win the Premier League this season? Yeah. Do you think really I, think that we can win it, or are you? Just... I think we're. I think we're never going to have a better chance of winning the Premier League because I think we absolutely blew it last season. It wasn't down to the squad; it was down to the it was down to the inexperience of the squad rather than the quality of the squad. Because it was down to injuries. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. We had one injury. We had one injury. We had two injuries. We had our backup right back and our centre-half, and if you ask any team to go in, into the final 10 games with one injury to their first-choice 11, they'll bite your hand off. Uh, and and we blew it psychologically because we dropped points at West Ham, Liverpool, Southampton. As soon as the pressure was off, we started winning again. It was a psychological issue. And, you know, we didn't win a game in April. That's why we didn't win the league. I mean, you can't, you can't not win a game in April when you're in a title race. And then even at the end, you know... We, we, we weren't far off. And so I look at all that and then I look at the the, 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 the way that Manchester City are going to have a slight hangover from just having gone and won everything. They've let some crucial players go. And I'm going, we've got to go out, get out the blocks hard and fast. We've got to put them under pressure and we've got to try and win the league because no one is more coherent than us. No one is going to be developing and growing as quick as us. And I really felt very optimistic about the signings because it, It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Rice. Um, and then adding some depth in the squad, some top quality depth in the squad. And then instead, what I'm worried about and what seems to be happening is that we're almost, I'm concerned that we're throwing away the platform that we created. Thomas Partey, one of our best players, but needs competition and needs to be, uh, and needs to be rotated. And instead, we're going for something completely different, uh, I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I will be amazed if Kai Havertz works out for us in the left eight as a, as a mainstay. I'm going to put that out there right now. It just doesn't look dynamic enough to operate in that space. And I know it's only one game, but it's it feels he just doesn't... I don't think you can have a player like that who who's can be so overrun in against aggressive against an aggressive press like we saw yesterday I don't think that's a I think it's just a, a type of player thing I, I just don't know how you see, make that work when we were completely bypassed in midfield yesterday all right let's uh <laughs> let's get this back on track <laughs> we've danced all over the place um, we've covered off a little bit of everything that I had uh, lined up to talk about uh let's I just I just got upset that you said you'd have be we talked about being get... at the MetLife <laughs> so basically you're saying that my my hot take was so spicy you've vomited poured a gallon of milk down yourself and you've ruined the entire that was spice, that show. was spice level 10 that, that was, was spice level 10 yeah that was you know when heart. you get one of those little green chilies and you think that, it's you think it's something that goes on top of a pizza and it's sort of one of those sweet ones and instead it's like full of seeds and it makes you makes you cough a bit and the sweat's dribbling down the back of your neck that's that was what you Lissandro gave Martinez Bakayo Saka tackle oh, in the oh, opening ten minutes. We're all over the place now, and I've got to get it back on track. Um, let's talk about um, being at the MetLife. You were giving some pelters towards um, Kai Havertz. Uh, you've written him off after two two games. Uh, Arsenal. Um, that's a pretty spicy take. Um, a lot of people uh, have been questioning Kai Havertz. You seem to have a real problem with. Um, with his uh, with his aggression and ability to do some of the job that Jacker did, do you think you're being a little bit harsh? And do you think that you're letting your disdain for Chelsea um, cloud your view on Kai? Because you're you know a friend of the podcast, Anthony uh, had only good things to say about him and said he was aggressive, uh, said that he's got a relentless work rate, uh, said that he's an absolute gem of a player. Uh, that reminded him of Dennis Burkamp, not quite a left-sided eight, but I did. Somebody did say to me, uh, someone said, I don't know who said it, but someone wrote to me after the last podcast and said Dennis Burkamp would be a Martin Erdegaard in the Premier League these mm, days. That's yeah. the role that he would play. I, I, I like that, you know. Yeah, deep, no, I, I like that. I like that. I'm not anti Kai Havertz, and I think Kai Havertz is a really good signing. Um, but I don't see him in. I see him some. I see him around the. I see him in the front three rather than the middle three. Um, I see him as a technician. I see his main. Uh, I see him as someone who can really add a lot of value from a goals and assists standpoint at the top end of the pitch. I feel like he's someone who 
um, can unpick a deep block. Um, and and I, I, I almost see him as something a bit different. I see him more as like a bit more like a Kanu role for Arsenal. You know, you know when 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 we'd be struggling at home and it'd be one all, and suddenly you see the flag go up and you see Kanu come on and he'd just be able to deliver that little bit of unpredictability, that little bit of magic to unlock something. And he wasn't quite a striker. Uh, I mean, he, he was, but he he operates. It was his unpredictability around the box, his ability to do something special. That's what I see in Kai Havertz. Whereas I feel like you see it against the top against the top teams, the top six, where the first thing you've got to do is win the battle. You've got to win the right to play. And I worry when you when you're in midfield and you've got that sort of Rice, Erdegaard, Havertz trio that you're just going to get overrun. It just like I, I just don't. I think they lack the the physicality uh, to to make that work. So I may be well wide of the mark. This isn't a slight on him, and it's not it's not a slight on the signing. I think it's a great signing for us. I think it's going to bring us something new. But I think it's that you know thirty minutes to go. Here's our savior to unlock us. You know, tight game away at White Hart Lane, one all. He's the guy. He gets the win. You know, I think that's. That for me is where I'm seeing him, rather than in that that sort of the engine room. I, d- I don't think they spent 65 million for him to be Carnu off the bench for 15 minutes. I think this this guy this guy's a bread and butter signing, and Arteta's going to flog him until he makes it work. Um, he did get overrun uh, a little bit yesterday. I do think that there are some mitigating factors. I don't think Arsenal expected Man United to play like Bolton uh, yesterday. I think Man United seemed more fired up. Um, I'm like more willing to just lean hardcore into the dark arts, which for a friendly I felt was uh, a, a little bit unprofessional. I know that you really? said that you, I, you'd, you'd have liked it, but I think the, the big thing for me was Ten Hag has gone out, and he's and, and this is where it's it's a bit difficult. Ten Hag came out, he said, "We want to be a team." I think it's interesting. Uh, we want to be a team that play, that's just outstanding in transition. He basically said, "We're going to be a transition team." Um. And my interpretation of that is it feels like I, I think the two transition teams in the Premier League that are really dangerous is Tottenham or, or were Tottenham and yeah. and United. And I think for some reason, teams like Arsenal and Man City um, really struggle, even Liverpool to an extent, struggle against these like transition teams who have a lot of quality around in the team. And it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's like then you can't really win a league playing in transition, I don't think. Um, it's because it's what you do against against the deep block, <laughs> you know? So I don't really worry too much about United from a league-winning standpoint, but I feel like they're a team that really gives us a lot of trouble every time we play them. And that, for me, there were just some reminders of the game we played at Old Trafford where... You know they've got that technical ability, but it's basically long balls that just sort of between the defender and the between the central defender and the fullback, right through the middle of the park. And I just thought we were very unsavvy about the way we dealt with it. And if you remember, the person who really struggled with it at Old Trafford last week was, was Laconga, and then Thomas Partey came in, and we were worried about it when we played them at home. And in the end, it, didn't, it wasn't really that game. There were a couple of moments, so. I was just really surprised that we weren't way more aware that that's the way they play because that's always the way they play. And instead, I mean, 
it could have been more because there was there were many many moments in transition where they had inc- really really positive moments to score, and then in terms of the the rough housing, um, it's Arsenal Man United. I mean, I don't know what people like. Again, it's like it's just that. I mean, I'd say bit- what I expected, Matt. The referee to have a little bit more control. Martinez had to make three fouls in three consecutive plays to get a booking. It was disgusting. You know, we wouldn't have got away with that in the Premier League. Like the referee had no control over the game. You've got to protect the players a little bit. It is. I know that it is Arsenal, Man United, but it's it's preseason. The referee was awful. Um, in he, was. he was. He was. He I, was. I'm just like you can't market a game as and, old rivals and bill it all on the t- these two teams don't like each other and then be surprised when they go at it a bit. But also, like everybody's a bit down about it. We got beaten two 0 by Man United. We lost the penalty shootout. Whatever. Um, th- two horrendous errors. That's it. They had three shots on target. We didn't get battered out there. Mm, you know, like yeah, the but they were, they were, I thought wasn't they were... great, but it wasn't. It wasn't an out of control game. It wasn't. It wasn't. And we had. Um, you know, there could have been moments to get back into it, etc. But um, I just thought we looked very vulnerable to that long ball, and I, I yeah. don't really understand why that was happening. Yeah, I, I feel like we can get out. I feel like we can get a grip. It's on pretty that. easy to fix. It's pretty yeah, easy to it's fix. Not, that. Uh, yeah, and and teams running through the middle of us felt a little bit, you know, shades of 2014 Arsene Wenger. Yeah, it did. And, it did. I've got. And I've I think got part of that. Yeah, I think part of that is Declan Rice. He's got. He's got to get used to it. He's not played in a midfield with the quality that they have at Arsenal, and nobody really understands each other. There's not a, um, you know. Uh, I sort of, I, can't, I always forget the word. Uh, what's the word when uh, it's like telepathic almost? Yeah, telepathic, Tele- te- telepathic connection. <laughs> Let's just say that. I'm not even going to try and find that word. I know that there's a professional word for it. Uh, auto- automat- automatisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Let's leave it with that. And what did you make of the formation, Matt? Uh, it seemed like he was playing a little bit of a diamond at certain points. It seemed like there were two tens. Uh, when yeah. we were attacking, do you think like do you think expecting Declan Rice to be able to pin a midfield on his own is a little bit unrealistic? Do you remember when um, people said after Thomas Party played pin the midfield on his own, people said it it was so bad it was actually not possible in the Premier League, and then it clicked. Took I Thomas mean, Party two seasons to get there. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's I think that's why I'm a little bit freaked out. Um, and I don't want to be alarmist, but it's just Thomas Partey is one of the few players who can do that. And I'm not, I think Declan Rice will be able to do it, but Thomas Partey is pretty good, you know? Um, and, and that's why I'm just like, you know. Thomas we... Partey would have been great for the whole of last season if Arteta had been able to rotate him. But yeah. he bought Jorginho. Then he didn't give him a rest. Yeah. And he had to wait until Thomas Party literally wobbled <laughs> his own head on the pitch before he gave him a rest. That's why I think, like, you say it was mental strength. I think it was, uh, the you said the, the reason we failed last year. I think it was fatigue. The players that didn't break down um, just lost it mentally. And, you know, the key players that we needed to to be fit, you know, in particular, William Saliba, once, once we lost, we didn't have backup. Like Arteta really has to rotate his players this year, and I'm hoping that all the rich, you know, the, the rich talent pool that he's got this season allows him to to do that a little bit easier. But like, he he didn't really lean into decent players last year. He bought Jorginho and didn't lean into him. What chance do we have of him actually uh, rotating properly this year? Do you think it's yeah. possible? 
Um, I don't know, because it's like he's also saying that we need to give these players all the minutes to get them up to speed. You know, I need them to play 55 games to get up to speed. Thomas Partey, for me, is a player who I've gone from, if we could sell him and get a really good replacement, then let's consider it to, we cannot let him leave. We cannot let him leave. I think he's that important to us because it's just, he knows how to play the system. He's proven he can do it. I think that his, maybe a potential issue with Thomas Party is that he can be a little bit complacent at times. And I think what's what's the best solve for complacency? Bringing in a 105 million replacement. I expect Thomas Party to have a good season off the off the back of this. Yeah, and you know, having 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 players to help with a succession is always a good idea. You know, we've spoken about it before. You know, Manchester City, uh, you know, Rodri and Fernandinho at the club at the same time. If I'm from not mistaken, Sol Campbell had Keown around. You know, he had some of the old veterans to, to sort of help onboard him into the new Arsenal. I think losing Granite Jacker is massive just because he's such a vocal leader. Losing Thomas Partey and replacing him with Declan Rice makes sense. But then having a, a 21-year-old backup just doesn't feel like... Uh, it doesn't feel foolproof. It feels like we might regret that later on in the season. I think you're right. Having having two world-class sixes, why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that when you're playing against top opposition, when you're going, when you're playing at the Etihad, I want to see Rice and Party start. Why wouldn't you? I mean, Pep Guardiola played a double pivot against us uh, to, to respect us. So I think that you need those two to be playing together against against big teams. Yeah, and it's interesting looking at the differences between Partey and Declan Rice. You know, Declan Rice is good at dribbling with a ball. Uh, you know, he's got those short bursts of speed. He's got those long legs if he's uh, if he's taken on a long run. Uh, he's very good at intercepting the ball. Thomas Partey, though, has those extremely quick one-touch passes where he, he kind of passes around corners. Like, he's very delicate on the ball. Um, like really intelligent, like you know, he he's like a, a Meza Urzel of sixes. The way that he sees passes and breaks the lines. I don't know whether Declan Rice is quite out there with the passing, and I, you know, it's, it's also like the the forward players that are receiving those balls are probably not quite aware of you know where's the best place to stand if Declan Rice is distributing. They know where to be for Thomas Partey. Um, so listen, Declan Rice is, uh, has got to up his game. Thomas Partey's got to stay. And if they both stay, I feel like Jorginho, Declan and Thomas is a good roster of sixes uh, to take into the season. Listen to me using the word like roster. All right, Matt, let's go talk on to the next one. Um, US men's national team, Flo Balogun, uh, in front of 82,000. The closest he got to the pitch was lightly jogging in a warm-up um, was that a not-so-subtle message from Mikel Arteta to tell his agent to speed up finding him a new club? Uh, what did you think about that, Matt? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I, I read a great tweet. I can't remember who it was, otherwise I'd give them credit. But it's basically a, if you're not, if you don't, if you're not 100% committed to us, we're not going to waste minutes on you. That's what it sounded like to me. And when he's giving off all these noises, just remember who's boss. You know, you don't hold the cards. We hold the cards. And we don't waste, we're not going to waste those minutes in our preparation on you. So um, I think there's always a way back, but certainly it would require Balogun saying he wanted to stay at Arsenal. 
saying he wanted to find a way to Arsenal, saying he wants to fight for his place at Arsenal. All the stuff that Eddie Nketiah said. Eddie Nketiah never said, if I don't get minutes, I'm going to go and all this sort of stuff. He he was, I mean, he hinted at it maybe, but um, yeah, I think it was, I, don't, I think he's, he's done. It's over. Um, I feel like some of these loyalty test tweets are just nonsense. I honestly feel like people are like, this is just the way Mikel Arteta works. You either you either cut your wrist and like dedicate your entire existence to Mikel Arteta, or it's out. I think it's I think Mikel I think Balogun has been told go and find a new club and you can go. He knows it. Arteta knows it. Eddie is the chosen one. I don't think it's anything to do with commitment or wanting extra minutes. I just don't think that Arteta thinks he's good enough to displace Eddie this season. And, yeah. and you've seen you've seen a little bit like I know, I know that Eddie hasn't scored goals. But um, a really underrated part of Eddie's game is his ability to, you know, he stepped in and played to 80% of the level of Gabby Jesus. He's good in the build-up. Like, you know, he's a very technical player. He's learnt the game um, and he's done it in the Premier League. I think when Balogun has come on, uh, you know, against the All-Star game, like loses it in difficult positions, makes, uh, you know, makes the decisions that a 21-year-old would make. Um, I think that Eddie is probably further ahead in his development because he's older. What do you think? I think he's further ahead. I think he's older. Um, we really need Eddie to score a couple of goals in pre-season um, and just get his confidence up about being a goal scorer because I think he's been given a lot of minutes. I don't think he's played more, maybe played more minutes than anyone. I mean, he's been the starting nine in every pre-season game. Head of Gabby Jesus. He's been the starting nine. And I can't think of a shot on target. Uh, maybe one um, against the All Stars. So I'm concerned um, about that. He is also our second choice, but you'd love it if he was really putting pressure on Jesus and making Jesus step up to the next level. Whereas at the moment, it's like no. I mean, he's not not even close as to who's going to start the opening Premier League game. So. Um, I've got some concerns about that, but we are where we are. I wonder, I don't know whether there's any opportunity to, 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 to completely rethink the front line in the same way that we're rethinking the midfield. All right. Well, I think this takes me nicely onto the next topic, Matt. I've sprung this on you. You won't have seen this, but I'm going to need you to think fast. I think that this season, it's a growth season. It's a maturity season because next season... There's going to be a dip from Manchester City. We'll have had some Champions League experience and we're going for the Champions League and Premier League double. Um, and I've got this uh, this notion of this is a season for certain players and I'm calling it prove it or lose it. I said yesterday that I think Gabby Jesus is in a prove it or lose it season. He's got to score 20 goals. He's got to prove that he can be a number nine. And I know that the, there's a whole bunch of ex-Erzultologists that are like, you don't need to score goals to be the number nine for Arsenal. Yes, you do. Um, I think Aaron Ramsdale might be in prove it or lose it territory um, for next summer. Are there any other players in the squad that you think are going to get one more season and then it's it's you know it's it's a parting of ways? I think there's a lot of players before you get to Gabby Jesus. I mean, look, go let's go from the back. Well, it's not even the biggest. Aaron Ramsdale. I think Aaron Ramsdale had a really good season last year. I think he also had a bit of a ropey preseason last year. I think we were talking about a couple of mistakes, and in the end, 
I thought he was fantastic last season. I thought his distribution was great. I thought his shot stopping in the biggest possible game, man of the match away at Tottenham and Liverpool says it all for me. Uh, always really good. Like needs needs to iron out some some issues, but but you know I think he should be fine. Zinchenko major issues, major prove it issues because not around his ability but around his fitness. You know you can't be the first choice and only manage twenty five games, and then you've got the midfield. Smith Rowe, major prove it or lose it. He's he's in last chance saloon through just through injuries. Fabio Vieira, I mean, uh, he's a major, 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 major prove it or lose it. Lukonga's already halfway out the door. Um, Eddie's prove it or lose it. Gabby Jesus is prove it or lose it. So I think that's the nature of being a top football club. You always you're only as good as your last game. Let alone your last season. So I think there's a lot of players who fall into fall into that before Gabby Jesus. And Gabby Jesus has proven it over the last decade that he's you know a top player. Maybe not a decade, but yeah, not not since he was thirteen. <laughs> he's not he's not twenty three. But all right, okay, that's a that, that that's interesting, Fabio Vieira. I mean, look, it's well, it's hard. It, it's hard being part of his fan club. At the moment, not it not is, that I am, but it's like, mate. I, I mean, it's a struggle. I was, it's a struggle. I was there with with my wife, and uh, and I'm sort of just, and it's like, Jorginho walks up to take a penalty, and I can turn around and go, guaranteed in. He doesn't miss. Erdegaard walks up. You just got that. He's got presence. It's about confidence, you know. Um, just the way they take them, you know. Rashford, the way he takes them, you know, like. You can see that Fabio Vieira's confidence is completely shot. I mean, you just can't, you can't fake that. Uh, and so you're just looking at it and going, how, and you've been given opportunities, how are you going to get that confidence back um, in this team where you're not going to have that many minutes? Um, and so you just look at it and you just go, it feels like a loan spell is probably best for him to try and, rebuild some of it because as he walked up there was just no way he was ever going to score that pen and everyone knew it and that's it doesn't mean you have to score with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Could be a bigger issue, isn't it? Doesn't look like a guy who believes that when he's going to come on the pitch, he's going to influence the game in a positive way. 
Yeah, I mean, he's got a, he's got a big season ahead. I mean, he looks like he needs a loan. I do think that this is sometimes the danger. You know, Arsenal moved on Fabio Vieira after one good season where he massively overperformed XG in an incredibly small amount of minutes. You know, he was up there with Lionel Messi for, you know, his production output. And he's come to Arsenal, confidence is gone, and he hasn't been able to get anywhere near those levels. And... um you know, beware of people that overperform XG. That's why it's going to be interesting to see what Marcus Rashford does this season. He uh, scored nearly everything he touched last year. Um, but you can tell high. with Rashford that he's just world-class, I think. I think he's got the swagger. I think he's can got you? swagger. Can yeah. you? I mean, I, I like Marcus Rashford, but I don't know whether he's going to be able to hit. He's got to hit just, those levels this season. I think he will. I, I mean, I, I don't like saying that because he's he's he's, he's top player of our, one of our big rivals, but... You just watch his body language, the way he comes on. He just got that. Um, he's got. The, I feel like top players, everything slows down for them. Uh, Erdegaard has that ability. You know, Saka has that ability. Saliba has that ability, and I put Rashford in that in that sort of league because I just think, yeah, you know, when he steps up to take a penalty, he's going to score it. You know, if he gets put through one on one, he's going to score it. You know, he's got that. Just got got the swag. All right, let's talk about Tommy Asu. Tommy Asu starting at left back. Sinchenko uh, is injured again. Kieran Tierney is on the bench again. Are we heading into a season with two of the most injury-prone players at Arsenal vying for left back? And is it time to say good? I mean, is is the left side now our most injury-prone group of players that we've got at the club? Do we need to keep all three just to guarantee that we'll always have someone ready to play? I think the two big... I mean, I don't know why Kirior didn't play, but um, I think the two biggest issues we've got are left-back and striker. Central striker. Um, and that's not to say we haven't got good options. I think Gabby, Jesus and Zinchenko on form, playing well, are great options. But both of them have got different types of issues. Uh, striker, our bigger issue is the, is the backup, in my opinion. I don't think I think if Gabby Jesus misses half the season, it already hurts. Um, and then at left back, God knows what's going on. I thought Kieran Tierney was great. I, I'm not always the biggest Kieran Tierney fan in this Mikel Arteta system, but I thought in a game where it needed a bit of intensity, he bought that. He really bought that yesterday. He looked like a guy who didn't really didn't want to lose to Manchester United yesterday. He came on with a two-nil down, obviously, but you know he was quick in the tackle. He was sharp. He drove forward. He was aggressive, purposeful. wasn't fouling or being dirty. He just went in with the right energy and the right attitude. And you just look. I, I looked at that performance yesterday and said, I don't know how you can not give him maybe a starting berth or minutes if Zinchenko is not fit against Barcelona on Wednesday night. I thought he absolutely deserved it. And Tommy was. Tommy was out of, off the pace. I mean, he looks fit in terms of the photos that we saw, but you wouldn't know it because... So you want to keep Zinchenko and Tierney this season? You're a, you're a convert. I, don't, I, just, I just don't know if Tommy... I mean, I've heard people say this, but I mean, Tommy's not a left-back. I mean, he's, he, he, he was predominantly a right centre-half or right-back. And now we're going to put him at left back because he had one good game against Mo Salah, who's a very specific type of player who cuts in. I think we've got know. ourselves into a weird situation in defence. Don't you think? If it, if it was odd, like Tommy Asu was a great right back, 
then he fell out of favour for a centre-back. Then we went out and we signed another right-back to compete with a centre-back that has been really good. And at left-back, we've ditched fan favourite from three seasons ago for Zinchenko. And Zinchenko's come in and he's not fit because he's always injured. And we've replaced Tierney as backup now with Tommy Yasu, but also occasionally with Kivior, who can also play. It's just, it, it, well, it feels a bit and, muddled to me. Well, I mean, with that, I don't, I, I don't want this to be disrespectful to Arteta in any way, because I mean, he's earned every bit of, 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 of positive stock that he currently has. But I feel like everything is a bit muddled. I feel like this pursuit of versatility means that everything just feels like weird. Like the all feeling a little bit Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. Well, everyone just feels like well, like we've got this crazy versatility, but you know what? I want experts in their position. You know what I want if a right back, a fucking great right back, not a converted centre half. Um, you know, yeah, maybe in an emergency some of these people can play. I don't want Kiri all playing left back. No, no way. I want him to be the backup for Gabriel, you know, left-footed centre-half. And, and I want him to practice there and be trained there and be awesome there. Saliba, he stays where he is. Ben White, backup for Saliba, back, you know. And then, you know, if, if and then we've got t- Timber right back, Ben White, or, or Ben White right back, whatever. But all this versatility is is freaking me out a little bit because Game's I'm gone. worried. Game's gone. I'm worried that we're just, we're just not going to be as... Is as solid and as robust in those positions as we need to be. Smith Rowe, no idea what his best position is. Kai Havertz, no idea what his best Smith position Rowe's is. Smith Rowe's got a rascal haircut at the moment. <laughs> I like it. What did you yeah. make of uh let's let's talk about Smith Rowe, your boy. He's back. Is he gonna stay? Is he gonna compete? Is he there for that left side today? Or is Trossard hoovering that up? What do you think? I think Trossard's going to be hard to do. I don't know. Trossard, for me, has been one of the stars of preseason because he just gets on and just does it and just looks dangerous and keeps his head down. He's he's like a, the example of a versatile player who doesn't look like he's ever playing out of position. Whereas I feel like we've got a few versatile players who don't look comfortable, if that makes sense. Um, Smith Rowe, fantastic. I thought he came on. I thought he added some... That's what I mean. He came like for me, Smith Rowe came on and recognized what it means to play Manchester United, even in a friendly, and just snapped into tackles and looked to make things happen and just had that like positive energy that some of the other players didn't have. I think he's I think he's really got the bit between his teeth. I hope hope we keep him, hope he stays. Um but yeah, I was impressed by Smith Rowe when when he came on. But if you're him, you're like, how is Fabio Vieira getting minutes ahead of me? You can't, you can't do that. You can't, you can't give Fabio minutes ahead of, ahead of Smith Rowe, right? You can't. You can't. If anybody in the team looks like they need a loan more than Fabio Vieira, I haven't seen them. Guy, guy needs to be out at Reims this year. Needs yeah. to be getting. It needs to be getting some of those soft minutes. Marseille would be good. Like, yeah, good atmosphere. I wonder if they'll do that. I wonder if they'll do that. I mean, surely. Surely, like maybe Steve Round is out because he said, "Listen, boss, you need, you need to you need to move on that Fabio Vieira." And he was like, "P forty five, out you go, out you go." All right, um, final topic. Um, Mikel Arteta said that you know, like sometimes losing is good. Losing to a good team is a positive because I want to see the players feel pain. Um, 
Matt, do you think that losing to Man United is gonna is gonna hurt the players? Do we expect to see a reaction against Barcelona? And if we don't see a reaction against Barcelona, will your panic turn into catastrophic tears or something? I think we know that Mikel Arteta was very unhappy with the performance because he kept the team on. I mean, it wasn't like wholesale rotation at half time. Everyone stayed on. Saka stayed on. Uh, we put Gabby Jesus on, and yeah, we started rotating through the players. But Man, Man United massively weakened their team at half time, and we didn't because we basically played Man United reserves for 20 minutes, and we just couldn't find a way through. Nearly did a few times, but that for me was the sign. It was just like you fucked up. Now go and fix it, and we couldn't. Um, so he's obviously hated hated what happened. I'm sure the players won't have enjoyed it. I feel like they only woke up when Lissandro Martinez started fouling crazily at the end of the half. And then it was like, oh, shit. It's one of those. Well, great. Yeah. We realised 43 minutes in in front of a crowd of 80,000. Fantastic. Um, so, what, you thought this was going to be easy? Oh, all right. Whatever. Um, so, I think they're going to be fired up. I think we might have a bit of luck because it looks like Barcelona have had a stomach bug ripping through the squad. Hopefully the game goes ahead. We don't want to like that would yeah, harm our miss that. We don't want to miss that. But if we can play a slightly weakened Barcelona and beat them three 0 and everyone goes away and get the confidence back up, I think that's the best possible outcome for us. Don't want to. You don't want to come back from a US tour where you lost two games. Like, you got to be. You got to be Barcelona, right? And hopefully we'll be a bit further ahead in terms of our uh, our progress, but. It's sometimes why I don't like these these big glitzy tours. Like I'd rather not play United and Barcelona. I just I, I would just ra- I, I would rather play uh, Beveren more and Stuttgart and spend yeah the time Borussia Mönchengladbach or like you know like the old days or whatever or go and do what um, Spurs are doing. Maybe I wouldn't like to go to to Australia or Asia. Like I prefer the timeline, the time zone of where where America is, but. Like playing all these massive teams, you can quite easily come out with egg on your face and start a, a, a season with a bit of a confidence crisis. The one word that has stuck with me a little bit, Matt, is your your term muddled. I, I We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Let's make that clear. I'm not a world-class coach, obviously, but it, it does feel... Like uh, like we're taking a lot of risks, and it does feel like the system is a is a little bit muddled. Muddled. I don't know who's starting. You know, like um, there was there there was there was something nice about the clarity of the starting eleven last season. But you it know, was, you know, it was too you, nice. Well, you, but you know what? I was trying. I had the same thought, but then I went back. It was a shock when Ben White started a right back against Crystal Palace on the first day of the season last year. That was a roll of the dice. That was always oh, that's how he's going to solve that particular problem. He hadn't played there brilliantly all preseason. Only, only option he had. It was the only option he had, and it worked. So yeah. So there is that. You know, it's everything feels muddled until you know they put a win in the Premier League together, and then it suddenly it was the best idea that anyone had. So I'm, we're, we're trying to yeah trust the process. Got trust, to trust the, the process. process, and you know. Uh, we can still start with basically the same back five that we started with last season. If it's really not going well in midfield, Thomas Partey can start. And then Declan Rice, I'm pretty sure, was told the, by Arteta that Arteta had plans for him as a number eight as well. So 
there's there's a team that you can put out that feels more familiar. It's just all of this sort of Durian Timber, uh, Tommy Asu at left back. It, it doesn't feel very settled, and it's like, shouldn't we have got that out of the way in the in, in the first two games? Rather, also, I think one. it was Durian Timber who came on against MLS All Stars and looked like a rock star. Durian Timber played against Man United, and it's like, okay, we better start with Ben White on the opening day. Timber's going to take a bit of acclimatising. I do think Arteta kind of couched that that was going to be the case, though. You know, even in the press release, he's young, he's versatile, uh, he's going to add to the squad. I don't think that I don't think the, the I don't think they wanted to send Ben White the message that he was going to be benched on game day one. So, no. yeah. So I'm 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 less worried about losing, but I think if uh, if we have problems in the next two games, then might start to be a a. a, a a confidence crisis. We need to start the, the season strong. Our first four games are very winnable. And the fourth one is against Manchester United. And it would be lovely to put them to the sword nice and early in the season. If we could rack up even 10 points from the, those opening four games, then all of those new players feel comfortable and confident in the system. If you lose two of those games, it, you don't know where it's going to go. I think that's it, isn't it? It's like, maybe that's where we were getting to, which is, We've decided to go for the glitzy preseason. Yeah, you know, we've decided to lean into that. And when you do that, it's not. It becomes about more than fitness because the fans don't care if we lose two one to Borussia Mönchengladbach. They don't care if it's a two all draw with Sturm Graz. You know, but they care when we lose to Man United and Barcelona. Um, and so that's just part of the course. You can't have your cake and eat it. You can't enjoy the spoils of, you know, ticket sales and high profile and building the fan base and then go, oh, but it, you know, it doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, just, just don't get beat against Barcelona. Draw's fine. One will draw, two will draw. And a couple of nice bits of interplay. Havertz goal. You know, Declan Rice with, with, with a couple I, of nice I, little moves. I care about Barcelona as well. I'm not. I I like. Well, I just I just don't want to lose. You know. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that. it's just don't lose. They I start don't... their season later than us, though, don't they? So they yeah, might. we should be fine. Really but don't lose. Just I don't care about any of them. It's just that's the annoying thing. It's like two all against United with the same performance is completely fine, and it could have been two. All. It's just you know, it's Man United. I agree, mate. I agree. All right. Well, um, that was a fun. That was a fun hour. Um, you feeling better or worse? Uh, I think we got over that sort of rocky start where you said this was a transition year. Stuck a little chilly into oh. your in, into your curry. Where you said fifty five games and it'll be all right. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even put that banner up. I didn't even put that banner up. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, that would have that would have sent me over the edge. So if you are listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, nip in there. Give us a lovely five-star review. If you like this content and you want to support the podcast, we have additional content um, that we do on our Patreon. You go to patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal opinion. It's £3.50 a month. Um, It really helps out. And we appreciate all of our patrons um, who are going to be with us all season. Every single before the whistle will go on there. Every single video will go on there. No adverts. And uh, Johnny's raps go on there exclusively to begin with. So, uh, yeah, sign up there. And thank you for listening. We're going to be back 
for the Barcelona game. But if something sneaky happens, if there's an emergency sale, uh, let it be known that me and Matt are on 24-7 call-out duties and we will be here blowing up your ears with the hottest of takes, keeping it spicy as ever. So thank you for listening. And on that note, we're going to say ciao for now. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.